Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get started, I need to give a disclaimer for story number four, as it mentions rape. It's a pretty dark one, so if you don't want to hear it, now you know. All that being said, if you're all ready, let's go ahead and get into the stories. As always, if you ever want to share your story, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com. Without any more further interruptions, let's get started. And remember to always stay hungry. This happened about a year ago. For privacy, I'm going to be referring to myself as LJ. For some context, I had just turned 15 at the time. However, because of my baby face and height, which was about 5 foot 4 and small frame, I look younger than I actually am. I'm also a female. Okay, so here's the story. It was early November, about one week after my 15th birthday. Some of my friends and I were going to meet at the mall to go clothes shopping. My dad was the one driving me to the mall. And the thing about my dad is that he always arrives to appointments and events way too early. So of course, I was the first one to arrive. My friends and I had made a group chat previously, so I texted that I had just arrived. And to my annoyance, most of them were like 30 minutes away from the mall. Now, my dad is pretty impatient. So instead of letting me wait in the car for my friends to show up, he made me go into the mall by myself so let me give you the layout so there's entrances to specific stores that you can just walk into from the street that also leads into the mall the store that our friend group had planned to meet up at was macy's which is just basically a department store that has every necessity known to man now when you walk into the macy's there was a section with purses right in front of the doors and a small mirror to the left of the purse section was the jewelry section and perfume section, and to the right of the purse section was the clothing section for women. This Macy's also had two floors, and I was on the first floor. Now, I felt pretty awkward walking in there by myself, because I really wasn't sure where to go. There also weren't a lot of people shopping around, which was surprising since it was the weekend. Anyways... The first section I saw was the purse section, so I decided to go and browse while waiting for my friends and trying to look less awkward. I looked at myself in the mirror that I mentioned earlier, and I was trying to fix my hair, which is super long and super curly. I was wearing black leggings at the time and a fleece gray jacket with pockets. I had my phone in one hand and a purse that I found in the other. Suddenly, I felt a gust of wind then hit me which really only happens when someone's entering the store. I looked over and I had saw a man enter the store. I didn't really take notice, and I just went back to looking in the mirror. It was probably about two minutes later when I looked to my left, and I then made eye contact with the same man that had just walked in. He looked like he was either in his late 20s or early 30s. He had dark eyes, a thick beard, and dark sleek hair and he was also about a head taller than me. He had his phone up to his ear, and he was standing about eight feet away from me. I noticed that he wasn't speaking into the phone, though. He just had it up to his ear, and stood with his whole body turned towards me. 
He was looking me up and down very slowly until he met my eyes and we just kind of stared at each other until I then turned away. I stayed for about eight more minutes and so did the man. That's when I decided that it was time to move on. So I set the purse I was looking at down on its display and I started walking over to the jewelry section when I then felt my stomach then churn. I wasn't really sure why I was feeling so panicky until I turned around and the man was right behind me. I felt sick, but I tried to rationalize the situation and I just said to myself, LJ, he's probably just looking for some jewelry for his wife or something. It's just a coincidence. I still felt panicked though. So I decided to walk faster and take a few laps around the jewelry section just to prove to myself that he wasn't following me. And to my horror, the man had also picked up his pace, and every time I looked behind me, he was staring me down with a very hungry look in his eyes. I began to move away from the jewelry section trying to make as many turns as I could, but he was still behind me. I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I started to cry. This has never happened to me before, and I didn't know what to do. This is when I began to panic really, really bad, and I started to sprint all throughout the store. And I'm not even kidding, but this guy actually ran after me at this point. I really don't know what brought me out of my fear, but I had actually stopped running, and I then faced the man head on. I decided to stare him down, but did that stop him? Nope. At this point, I was getting really desperate for help, and my eyes started to wonder, until I noticed an older lady picking up purses and trying them on. She was back where I had started at. I sprinted towards her, and I grabbed her arm. She looked kind of startled, and I just said, Hi, in a cautious tone. Then I noticed her eyes looked back behind me to the man that was following me. She then looked back at me, and I could see that she knew I was freaked out. This time she smiled at me, and she complimented my jacket, and she asked me if I liked the purse that she was looking at. I said I did, and I noticed the same man spin around and then walk very quickly out of the Macy's. I ended up just staying with the woman until my friends finally arrived. To the lady who helped me that day, thank you. You really were my guardian angel that day. I usually wouldn't even be one to submit my story, but I was completely blown away that someone else had an encounter with my exact stalker, so I feel it's only necessary to share. Someone in a previous Southern Cannibal Stalker video mentioned being harassed by Uncle Sid on the North Shore of Louisiana. Hearing that story sent shivers down my spine when I then realized just how similar our stories were. I was about 21 years old, and I had taken the fall college semester off to work as a bartender and save up some money while living at home in Mandeville, Louisiana. During one of my shifts, a man maybe in his late 40s or early 50s walked into the bar. He seemed friendly, but I noticed that he stared quite a lot. I didn't think anything of it since that's just most older guys of this bar. He stayed for quite a while and ordered a few beers. He seemed nice, and he then introduced himself to me as Sydney, and I told him my name as well. He ended up leaving because he said he had some work to do. 
A few days later, when he was coming back to the bar, he remembered my name when he greeted me as I was coming in for my shift. I almost didn't recognize him for a second, but then it hit me. Oh, hey, Sydney, it's you. I said as I tried to sound more excited than I actually was to see him. He was a lot more talkative this time. Like, really talkative. He was making jokes and comments that I didn't really find funny, but I had to fake laugh to be nice. I remember that he had a very weird, annoying laugh that almost sounded like Peter Griffin's laugh from Family Guy. He had made a weird attempt to call me pretty by telling me that I'm a lot better looking than the other bartender. I'm not really sure how to take a compliment at another girl's expense, so I just kind of laughed at it. He started to tell me that he does insurance adjustment work and that he makes a ton of money doing it. Looking back, it seemed a little douchey, but I was young and naive. He was telling me that he can make almost $70 an hour doing claims. He then told me, Look, I know you're a smart, hardworking girl. You probably don't make much money as a bartender, and it's not a great job. I can teach you insurance adjustments and I can also help you study to get your adjuster's license. I laughed, and I told him I was already in college, and I didn't want to change my major or anything. He told me I didn't need college for insurance adjustment, and that I just needed to study and pass a stain test, which he could help me with. He said with his help, I could have my license in about a month and make a huge salary. I told him it was something I would think about and let him know. He then bought me a beer and he told me he had to leave, but he left his phone number on the receipt. Just to be clear, I wasn't interested in dating Sydney, but I did see him as a potential mentor to help me with the career. Claims adjustment just seemed like a good way to make money. Like I said, I was young and naive. After about a week of thinking about it, I decided to at least give it a try. So I called Sydney and I let him know I was interested. He asked if I would be okay with meeting him at his house to go over some stuff. I told him I would rather meet at our local Starbucks. It just didn't seem smart to just go to a stranger's house without knowing them. He understood, and we ended up meeting about a week or so later. I showed up to the Starbucks to see Sydney already there. He bought me some random coffee drink that I didn't ask for. It was one of those nice things that someone does to make you feel comfortable. Sydney was also really embarrassing to be around in public. He would make weird jokes to the workers and say kind of offensive stuff out loud that people just don't really joke about anymore. When he was confused about the sizes of the coffee, he told the worker that he thought the names of the sizes were, well, the R word. It really embarrassed me, and the person working didn't seem amused by his offensive joke. Looking back on it now, I think he was only doing this to make me not want to be seen with him in public again so that we could meet at his house or somewhere more private. We really didn't go over a lot in our session, just the basics, and he then gave me a book to look over and study. After this encounter, he would text me every day. He would say hey, and he would do it a few times a day. I figured if it were more important, he would just call but it was always some dumbass small talk that I didn't have time for. He would also send me pictures of himself, which was a little weird, but I just figured he was an older guy who thought that was normal or something. A few days later, I had went to work, 
and my boss had told me that he spoke to Uncle Sid. I had no idea who the hell he was talking about. He told me he was the regular who would come in and make jokes. Yeah, he told me you two went on a coffee date and had a really great time, my boss said. That's when I realized that Uncle Sid was Sydney. I was pretty disgusted by this, as well as offended. I told my boss that Uncle Sid was totally full of shit, and that I definitely didn't go on a date with him. My boss just laughed. I could tell that he didn't even believe me, and only wanted to believe what entertained him. After my shift ended, I had called Sid, but he didn't answer. I was so pissed off that he would tell my boss we were dating. I would never date that guy, no matter what kind of job he could get me. I mean, he was old enough to be my dad, and the thought of that just made me sick. That night, I'd got a call at about 2am. It was Sydney. When I answered the call, he asked if I wanted to come over and have a drink with him. I was totally confused as to why he was calling me so late. Mr. Sydney, please don't call me around this time. I'm trying to sleep. I said, You're too young to be asleep this late. If you're not in the mood to party, why don't we just drink and watch some TV? He replied. I got extremely uncomfortable and confused. He then told me how I was really making a great decision on considering insurance adjustment work with him. He told me by next week he would have made $40,000 and would take me on a cruise. I hung up and I just decided then to never speak to him again. I also started to suspect that he was totally full of shit with this insurance thing. The next morning, he then called me and apologized. I'm sorry. I take medication to help me sleep at night. Sometimes it keeps me up calling people and saying really weird things. He told me. I accepted his apology, but I told him I was no longer interested in studying insurance adjustment with him, and I would really rather him just leave me alone. This guy was weird from the jump, but he was getting out of hand. I was driving home from work a few nights later when I received a picture from Sydney. It was an image of two cases of Bud Light on a bed, as well as a text that said something like, Hey beautiful, why don't you come over and see how much you can drink? I can lead you to bed if you get too drunk. I texted him back and I told him to leave me the fuck alone. The next day, when I went to work, my boss wanted to speak to me. He told me that day during the shift, Uncle Sid came in threatening to hurt him. Apparently, Sidney had told my boss that he was starting rumors, and that's why I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I told my boss that Sidney had been harassing me, and he's trying to make me lose my job. My boss refused to believe me, and he told me if I brought drama back to my work again, he would fire me. This was the worst situation I've probably ever been in, but at least I knew that he was banned from the bar, so he wouldn't be coming back. While at work, I had received a Facebook message from some obviously fake account. How could you block me? I took my own time out to help you, and you just wanted to use me. I bet you sleep around with every guy in that bar. But then there was another message with an apology. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. You're just so beautiful and very smart and talented, and I would love to have you move in with me. All of your bills will be paid. You'll never have to work again. Look, if you forgive me, I'll take you to a Saints game. 
I know you like football. He also included a link to the song Beth by Kiss. I was totally fucking freaked out, and I blocked his fake Facebook. Luckily, that was the last time I ever heard of Uncle Sid. However, a couple of months later, I was out on New Year's Eve with some girlfriends, bringing in 2017, when I got a message on Facebook from someone I don't ever recall adding as a friend. There was no picture, and their profile name was Miss Peyton. The message was a photo of a young girl, and it said Happy New Year. I never really thought anything of it, but it really gave me the creeps. I truly believe that might have been the same photo of the girl mentioned in the story someone else submitted of Uncle Sid. I'm glad my story wasn't worse than what it could have been, but it was definitely a lesson learned. I now try to keep my guard up for any type of red flags in anyone, and for everyone out there listening, I really advise you to do the same. I was around 15 years old when this happened during COVID. My mom and I had to go to Pennsylvania since at the time she was taking college courses. One of them being language, and my sister-in-law speaks French due to her being from Morocco, hence the reason why we came. To give context, the house was in rural Pennsylvania in a gated community in the mountains that had heavy forestry. The next house was pretty far away, but nonetheless, it was really pretty. Being from the poverty part of New York, I never really got the chance to see greenery in the wilderness. Therefore, any chance I got, I went outside. It was during this time when I had no phone or SIM card, since my parents never thought it was necessary due to school being out. So, I just had a laptop. The rule was that I had to come back an hour after my walks, and that was that. When you walk out of the gated community, there was a large path that you had to go through, then a large slower hill, if you will, that you had to go down before crossing a small river to get to the actual wilderness and forest area. Since this place is very remote, there was no bridge to cross the river, and while it wasn't too wide, it was pretty damn deep. I often was careful in how I crossed and jumped over the river, since there were also ditches all around the river. It was dangerous, but keep in mind I was in the poor trashy part of New York all of my life, and I've never been in a place with so much greenery, therefore I'd take any risk to finally see something new. After you crossed the bridge, there was another path that you had to take to get to the forest. The path had a road next to it, which cars rarely used due to the area being so remote. Keep that in mind. Now back to the actual event. I had just came back from my little adventures of going into the forest, sketching out trees, deer, sketching out trees and deer and collecting pretty rocks and leaves. It was getting dark, later than usual, so I decided to head home. As I walked out of the forest, I noticed some headlights on the road illuminating the area where the sunset couldn't reach. I was creeped out. The car was just sitting there not moving. Usually, I was pretty level-headed, but this invoked a primal fear in me. I didn't know why, but I'd find out soon enough. I began to pick up the pace and walk faster down the path, hurriedly so I could still have the light from the sunset keep the path visible. I had no phone for a flashlight or anything, 
Just a shitty glow-in-the-dark watch you got from the corner store. I don't know what went wrong. Whether the dim light distorted my vision, or the fear from the car watching me down the tiny shitty road a few yards away, but I had then slipped and fell right into a ditch. I couldn't scream, the shock keeping me quiet. The pain was excruciating, and I managed to drag myself out of the ditch using my arms. I heard the grass crunching, and I never twisted my head so sharply in my life. A middle-aged man with a good amount of balding and scruff, easily twice my height and size, was walking towards me. His car door left wide open. I sat on the grass. I mean, what else could I do? I was in shock from falling, and my brain was fucking jelly. He asked if I was alright, and I just nodded, still very much in shock. He asked if I needed a ride, and I just said no, trying to give him the hint that I would be fine on my own. My blood ran cold when he then leaned down and grabbed my arm. I'll never forget the words that he said as he got me off the grass. The pain from my ankle and foot and excruciating pain from that fucking fall. Just get in my car. Get in my car. He said loudly as he started to move. I kept saying no and trying to shove him off of me. It was really hard to do so when he was twice my stature and I had a fucked up foot. I don't know what was watching over me that day, but some guy around my age was on a bike riding around the road. He stopped and jumped off his bike and then ran at us. The middle-aged guy let me go and acted like nothing even happened. It was truly disgusting. He confronted the creepy-ass man and was then barraging him with questions. I don't really recall what he said or threatened, as I was in complete shock from everything that happened. The human brain is really funny like that, huh? Eventually, though, the creepy man went back to his car and drove off. The guy on the bike stayed with me on the grass until his car was completely out of sight. He asked me if I needed help, and he even offered to call my parents and the police. I told him no that I should be fine, and I just wanted to be left alone. I didn't want to stay with another person, quite frankly not as the sun was going to set. He asked me a couple of more times, before eventually going back to his bike down the road. I picked up my sketchbook and bag from the grass, and I spent the next 30 or so minutes limping up the hill and pathway to my brother's house. It was one of the most painful things I ever had to endure. By the time I got there, my mom was totally pissed, and she got even more pissed when she saw my ankle the size of a grapefruit, as well as my foot being bent at a weird angle, and the entirety of my shin, ankle, and foot colored with deep purple bruises. She didn't stop shouting at me for a good two hours while she wrapped up my ankle and did her best to pop my foot back in place. I didn't tell her what happened because I knew she wouldn't let me go back into the forest again alone so I just shoved my mouth wide and said that I tripped on a discarded log. I've been back there since. My ankle is much better now, but there's still some fragility to it due to the extent of my injury. I always came pepper gel with me and a good old knife. Not my favorite story to tell. It really gives me a headache to think about, and I really don't know what would have happened to me if I had actually got into that damn car. To the guy on the bike who came at the right time, I want to thank you so much. If it wasn't for you, 
who the hell knows what would have happened. And the creepy fuck that was watching a 15-year-old kid and preyed on them as soon as you could. You better fucking hope that you don't see me again. Because if you do, I'm kicking your fucking ass. So basically this happened to me when I was around 15. I'm 20 years old now, and I'm still healing from this. I lived in a very bad part of Dallas growing up, and I never realized how bad it was as a child until I was a teenager. So I used to be on kick all the time, and that's where I talked to my friends and everyone else, and I randomly got a text from some cute guy, and he told me that he also lived in the same area, and it was really nice getting to talk to him and getting to know him. We eventually started dating, but we had never met up in real life because we never had the chance to get someone to give us a ride. So we had maybe talked for about a month or so, and I broke it off because it was honestly just weird, and I didn't really see us going anywhere. Since we never got to see each other, and when I told him that I think we needed to break up, he started telling me that he was going to kill himself if I left him, and that he'd record it all just to be sure that I see him one last time. I was so freaked out by this because it was just really scary to think about, but I knew I couldn't lead him on anymore, so I told him I'm sorry and then blocked him. Everything felt wrong for a while until I finally realized it was really the right choice for me. One day at school, some random guy told me he wanted to walk me to my house, and I thought he was a senior that I'd never met because he looked older than me, and well, I was a freshman at the time. I let him walk me home, and he had told me things about himself that seemed very familiar to me, but I didn't think too much about it. He got me home, and I told him thanks, and I watched him continue to walk into the neighborhood. I had felt so many butterflies in my stomach, because I never really had someone talk to me like that the way that I did with him, but I just tried to get him off my mind because he didn't really see me that way, or so it seemed. After dinner, I was really tired, and I decided I wanted to go to sleep early, which was really weird for me, but nobody else was home but me. For a visual of my room, I want to say that it's a very big room with a huge window, and it sits right in front of the house. The window was broken in the bottom corner because it had an AC unit attached to it that I had taken off to sneak out in the middle of the night sometimes, but nobody ever used it but me and there's also bushes right outside. Okay, so I'm in bed, and I randomly hear noises coming from the bushes, and I just assume it's a stray cat or something, and I sleep it off. Then the AC unit slams hard on the floor, and I then immediately wake the hell up, and I see the same guy from earlier right inside my room now, and I then start yelling at him. Hey, what the hell are you doing here? And he then calmly says... Relax, I'm just trying to be romantic here, calm down. And inside my head, I'm totally boiling at this point, because in what world is that romantic? I'm literally shitting myself, but I try to stay aware. This interaction lasted very long, and I already know this story is long in itself, so I'm just going to give a small summary of it. This is where things get really fucking bad. He started getting really close to me while I was still laying in bed, and I just froze, completely. 
He began to choke and then rape me. I couldn't do a single thing but just scream as he strangled me. I was terrified and I was so sure that I was going to die. There was so much chaos going on. I just wanted someone to burst in the damn door and help me. But nobody did. Everything went blank and I eventually woke up to pure silence and I was half dressed. I assumed that he thought I died or something. I remember looking into the mirror and seeing nothing but emptiness in my eyes as my neck had red hand marks all over it. I lost myself that day. The very next day I had told my family all about it but that I didn't want to take it to public due to blaming myself. I never knew the guy's real name but I knew it was him. As much as I tried finding his kick, I never could and the names that he used never brought anything up on any social media. Even the pics he used weren't real. I was so ashamed of myself, and I still am to this day. I honestly don't know if he's still around, but if he is, I want to say fuck you for everything you did to me. I really hope you're rotting out there, and that karma got you back. I cannot believe you fucking did this to me. For a little background, I was spending the week at my friend's house who we'll call Emma for the sake of the story, and it was roughly about three years ago when we were 15. So my friend Emma has a pretty nice house. She lives in a gated community. We've snuck out, walked around, and drove bikes, and even went swimming in the community pool many times in her neighborhood. So it's pretty safe and whatnot, I'd say. Well anyways. On this night, everyone was asleep, and it was around 4am, and Emma has many siblings, and both of her parents were also home. We were sitting on the couch on TikTok after watching a scary movie, so we were a little jumpy. We started hearing sounds coming from the woods in her backyard, and we both jumped, but we laughed it off, assuming it was probably just the wind or an animal, as we've seen many bears and deer in her area before. A few minutes later, we then heard whispering sounds, which caused us to freeze in place and stay quiet for about 10 minutes. Then my friend Emma pointed to the window. Now we were sitting in her second living room which has a big window directly in front of it that has blinds, but they were open at the time. She starts whispering to call 911 now. I thought that she was probably just scared because of what we heard, and I told her to calm down but she insisted that I call 911, and she then proceeds to say, Clarissa, don't freak out, but there's a man at the window waving. Now I start to get really scared, and I still don't say anything back, and I repeatedly ask her if she's sure, to which she then says yes. So I called 911. Her parents took her phone, so she didn't have one, which is why she didn't call herself. Now mind you, we don't want to wake anyone up because we're small 15-year-old girls and we're frozen in fear at this point. The way that her house is set up is that you have to walk past the window that we saw the man at and then into the other living room in order to get to her parents' bedroom. So we're on the phone with the 911 dispatcher and Emma's crying because she's so scared and I try my best to explain, but I still don't see the man myself. But after staring in the spot that she pointed at for roughly five minutes, I finally see him. 
It's an old fat man just slowly waving. Now I'm thoroughly freaked out. I mean, I'm only 5 foot tall, 15 years old, and 100 pounds, and Emma's too scared to even talk. And on top of that, we're the only ones awake. If the doors or windows happen to be unlocked, we're completely vulnerable. The man then walks away from the window, which scares us even more now, as again, we're not entirely sure if all the windows and doors are locked. The 911 operator says the police are just now arriving in the subdivision, but that Emma's house is in the very back, which is how he came from the woods. So that doesn't really make us feel any better. But I try to calm Emma down, telling her that he's gone now, but in reality I'm just as scared as her, and I have no idea if he's gone or not. I also want to mention that behind us are three huge windows, and then right next to us is another, then a porch, all of it leading to the backyard. We then hear a very loud bang from the backyard, both of us being scared, thinking that it's the man trying to break into the house, which we later think it was just him jumping the neighbor's fence trying to get away due to the police arriving, and because it takes way too long to go through the thick woods. The cops arrive, and they take a look around. Everything seems fine, and the man is gone at this point, so they ended up leaving. Emma's parents were completely furious, but once they found out about the man, they were much more understanding. A couple of weeks later, Emma calls me, and she ends up telling me that they think they actually found the man. As it turns out, it was a 75-year-old man that was reported to be watching many other kids in the area. Now, before I end this story, I do want to say that I'm not 100% sure that it was the same man, because I have another friend in that same area, and just a few nights after Emma told me that they found the guy, my friend called me saying that there was another man watching her through the window. So, I'm guessing it's two different men? I don't even know at this point. I'm honestly still so very terrified every time I go over there and we walk around at night. I'm not too sure I want to go over there anymore. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone. And remember, to always, stay.